Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine, and uh, we're going to spend the meat of today's show, I think, talking about basketball as we should. It's that time. But first, Derek, a little update in the Jim Harbaugh saga. He apparently Tyler, interviewed virtually. Did go you, ahead. <laughs> did you think Georgia was going to go five and seven this season? Um, you know, six and six was my prediction. No, I'm kidding. No, I did not think five and seven. Who, please, who do you know anyone who thought no. that Georgia was going to have a 500 or worse season? Anybody? No, no. But let me let me interrupt you here and tell you why this happens. And and I I don't want to talk to you like you're dumb, but I think people genuinely talk to me like get I'm, like I've never watched okay. football. Okay, so this doesn't just apply to football; it applies to any sport, any level. There yeah. are teams that are really good, and there are teams that are really bad. They're yeah. on polar opposite ends of the spectrum, and then there's a lot of teams in the middle. The teams that are in the middle and on the lower end and at the very bottom those teams don't need much to motivate them because everybody's talking down on them. They're the ones who you're thinking five and seven, four and eight, probably not making a bowl game. The motivation Michigan is there State for 2022. you. Yes. Okay. So they're giving you the motivation when you're at the top end of college football, when you're Georgia, when you're at the very tippy top of college football, you have to create that yourself. And so one of the tricks of the trade here, if you're a good coach at that level, and it's not just college football, like I said, it's any sport. One of the tricks is you convince your team, your guys, that nobody believes in you. It's only the group of guys right here in this locker room who believe in each other. This is all we got. The world is against you. They think you're going to fail. We know we're not. That's what you have to do. It's it's bogus in a sense, but it's what you have to do. You have to convince yourself that even though you know you're good, nobody else thinks you're good. It's a crazy trick of the imagination, uh, sports psychology sort of thing. But that stuff just kind of, it happens. It totally happens. Okay, so I agree with you 100. percent That was actually really well explained. Kudos I've, to you. I've thought about it a lot. Even as a smart person, like. I, you know, that really good explanation. Um, still, why five and seven though? That does why seem like not? a random number. <laughs> they they doubted us. You know, they didn't think we could make it back. They didn't think that we were for real last year. They think we lost too much. You know, kind of some of the stuff that Michigan was running with when they beat Ohio State again. Anyway, like, why did so many players, when you can't find a record of anyone anywhere saying this, come out after the game in their post game interview? keep in mind oh they thought we'd go six and six they thought that we'd be five and seven like who <laughs> who thought the message that? boards somebody he found a message board post on godogs.com from tuscaloosa dan 69 <laughs> i mean who who said that that was actually believable i mean this is the same team that absolutely obliterated oregon earlier in the year yeah. that's not like oregon ended up being the best team uh in in the country but, but they were still, pretty good they, it looked like the national championship, which, by the way, let's just you know tie the bow on college football season. I mean, the worst game I've a ever banger watched. of a game. Oh yeah, the worst game. Yeah, uh, poor TCU. You know, I'd like to think Michigan scores ten in that game, nine, maybe three. <laughs> Jake Moody field goals from fifty but plus. Anyway, I just had to interrupt you and say 
That was appropriate. That might be the most ridiculous thing I've ever. Again, not this, you know, us against the world. Like I understand all that. I, I think that that's really important when you're at a you know a level beyond what anybody else is. But to kind of throw out the six and six, the five and sevens, I don't. I think most people, again, you know, no respect to no strays at Michigan State necessarily meant, but like. I think people expected Michigan State to be better than that, and no one would have ever looked at Michigan State and Georgia and put them on the same level heading into the no. season. I mean, Michigan State fans would have. I've already seen some predictions about how they go, like twelve and one next season or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, back to the Harbaugh stuff. I, I don't know. I did, did, did am, your feelings change from last week? Last time we talked. No, I mean, it's just I just want to get it over with. Like, it's obvious that he's probably going to the NFL if offered a job. But it's just like, if they're not mutually oh, interested in Oh, no, Derek. Him, no, he's not. This is all a ploy. This is all to get leverage and contract negotiations with Michigan. You kidding me, Derek? Come on. Don't be so naive. I'm playing, of course. No, and that's, I feel like you can either take you have right, you're naive. Like, if, if you think that this is a ploy, you're naive. If you think this is real, you're naive. You know, no I tweeted really that Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh. Yeah, nobody knows except Harbaugh. I tweeted that he um, could take an NFL job, coach in an NFL game, and there are people who would still say this thing's not real. That was only like slight hyperbole. I I think there, would, if he took a job, there would be uh, a certain faction of Michigan Twitter that would applaud him and say, "Wow, Jim Harbaugh's out here playing." 40 chess the rest of us are you know playing kitty checkers i, I think that was really people happen. thought uh former president was still a president so it these things do happen so it's not as we've i mean seen. we do live in a world and in a country where people don't know how to you know yeah so i could see harbaugh coaching an nfl <laughs> game and having people be like no he's still the coach of michigan the you know Sheryl moore's a puppet that'd be a good bit That'd be a really be. good bit. Would be. We should like Obviously. own that. If then, it happens, it should be the two of us owning that bit. I mean, hey, you know what I want to talk about is the fact that Urban Meyer has apparently been so close to this Ohio State program this whole time, helping Ryan Day, being an insider in Ohio State, still lost to Michigan twice in a row. So Jim Harbaugh is beating Urban Meyer, apparently, according to those fans who think that Urban Meyer is still connected. <laughs> good so, on you, yeah. Jim Harbaugh, getting, getting wins over that third baseman and uh, Urban Meyer. Building Here up that is. resume. The NFL season's not over. You have the playoffs that have yet to begin. They'll start this weekend. This feels like it's going to be as long, if not longer, than a process of last year. It seems more serious than last year. You know, there's the reports that are saying it's been the agent reaching out, but, you know, the reality is, uh, as of Tuesday evening, he had a interview virtually at least with uh, Denver Broncos you know they're speculating that there are several teams interested in this several teams interested in the Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson so you know this is the time where everybody is interested in everybody Harbaugh's had success in the NFL he's now had success in Michigan he's sick of college football I'm sure he's not the only coach sick of college football that's been around college football for a while uh you got the whole allegations the violations uh, who really knows even the future of the NCAA uh, with the uh, ever-changing culture and just you know the reality of, of college sports and NIL. But 
Whatever that man wants to do, he will do. If he gets an offer, he will take it. Uh, if he doesn't get an offer, he will stay around. Michigan will gladly accept him. And I think um, he would gladly too. I think that's what he's been saying this whole time. Like if you read between the lines, I think he's been saying, look, if an, if an NFL job comes my way, I'm taking it because I'm interested. If not, it's not like I'm unhappy at Michigan. You know, he might have some beef with the he's, NCAA, he's maybe the Big Ten. He's treating as a player would. And as a former player, I guess, can we blame him? How many guys have had success in college and the NFL as both a player and a coach? You know, this is like a Blake Corum decision. Like, hey, you know, I would love to get drafted. I would love to make money. I would love to play the highest level of football. But I'm returning to Michigan. You know, Hunter Dickinson, you know, maybe not the going to be the, the best big in the NBA with the style of the NBA, but I'm coming back to Michigan. You know, NIL allows me the opportunity to to continue to, you know, play at Chrysler, Blake Corum, you know, run out of the big house. You know, my season didn't end the way I wanted it to. He's almost treating it as if the NFL is the, you know, the, the best football in the world, which it is. And shall they have me? I would love to have another opportunity. Shall they not? I'm super happy at the next highest level of football there is, uh, or at least the next most uh, popular level. Maybe you could say some of the CFL teams could beat Georgia. I doubt it. Mm. Um, you have the NFL, you have NCAA, even with the changing NCAA. Uh, it is second tier in terms of a product, at least when it comes to you know talent, uh, you know, you look at the the, the money, the, the local networks. NFL is obviously a big, big deal. And I think it's more than that itch that hasn't been scratched. I think it's just that's the highest level. And he wants to win at the highest level. And he might have a better opportunity to do so in the NFL than in college football, even with all that seems to be returning for Michigan. So if he gets a job offer, good for him. He'll go. Michigan's going to need to work very quickly to figure it out. But with a new president at the helm of the institution, who seems very connected uh, with sports and the success of sports for a big public research institution, I feel like Michigan will be in good hands either way with the talent and the likely coach they would bring in. Do I want to see Harbaugh go? No, but you know, reality is reality. And and I know we'll know probably hopefully sooner than later. Well, speaking of the timeline, I mean, I I was curious when you said it looks like this might drag out maybe as long or longer than what happened last year. We didn't know Jim Harbaugh um, was not getting the Vikings job and, and, you know, the stuff he said about, uh, you know, I, I love Michigan. Uh, I'm not going to do this every year, that kind of thing. That didn't happen until the first few days of February. So on that so timeline, time. yeah, we have some yeah. time. I mean, again, it makes sense because there are still teams that could get eliminated from playoffs, still coaches that could get fired after being eliminated from playoffs or accept a different job. You know, there's going to be a lot of assistants moving. You know, the top assistants usually come from the playoff winning teams, and those are the guys that some of these vacancies go after. So the Broncos might want to wait for, you know, who knows who that's coaching in the playoffs as an assistant. So that's why the timeline is probably going to take a while. It's not good for recruiting. I can't imagine it's good for retaining your top coaches. Uh, I can't imagine it's great for retaining your top talent. Uh, luckily, Blake Coral made the decision for Michigan to return. I think that's big no matter who the coach is. I would expect a guy like J.J. McCarthy to, to stay put no matter what as a starting quarterback who's really established himself. But, you know, you never know what other pieces could change. 
for the worse if a coach leaves or maybe even for the better bringing in new fresh talent uh, if a coach comes and uh, and uh, you know brings something new to the program so yeah I mean I guess in that sense I'm footballed out because I can't really get all that excited <laughs> until I know I know what you mean what the heck is happening footballed out yeah uh, last little nugget here though uh, and take this for whatever it's worth whatever you make of it but uh Harbaugh with the Broncos at least NFL Network is saying he's considered a top candidate so I'm just throwing it out there I don't quite know what top candidate means in this context but I think it is noteworthy um the Broncos I think him and know. Sean Payton like who wouldn't want yeah, either of those I mean, guys coaching your football team yeah yeah Seems I don't want to go anywhere near Russell Wilson well now if Jim Harbaugh went and fixed Russell Wilson that's that's Hall of Fame I mean that's that's one of the great coaching jobs uh, the, the sport of football has ever seen, right? You're not wrong. We don't have to Rock talk about country. Russell Wilson, but let's ride. Yeah, let's ride. Okay, we can move on to basketball here, um, where things are oh, even even better, right? Like, let's talk about even basketball. better. Let's talk about basketball. Michigan just you know wet the bed, fifty nine fifty three against Michigan State. That was a game. I was texting you, and I was like. I uh, couldn't quite watch the first half. I was on my phone, and it was not a great connection. Reminded me of watching Michigan-Nebraska football in 2021 with, uh, you know, kind of drunk at a wedding. Uh, it was that level of comprehension of what was going on, and all I really understood was that nobody was making shots, and it was a really ugly game. I got to watch most of the second half like normal on a TV, and I kind of confirmed you know, okay, I was seeing that, right? Nobody's hitting shots here. This thing's really ugly. Uh, Michigan State, you know, won the game, but they got a lot I'm sure they want to work on based off of the way this thing looked. But where we are now, Michigan's sitting at 3-1 and one in the Big Ten. I'm looking at a slate of four games, especially the next three against Iowa, Northwestern, and Maryland, starting on Thursday, um, that are winnable and would look good on you know your tournament resume the fourth game against minnesota i mean th- that can only hurt you you know beating minnesota doesn't quite mean much on your resume but looking at that stretch of games like where are we with michigan uh in you know kind of the the beginning but the ramping up part of this big 10 season i just feel like there's a lot of question marks in terms of what team i guess shows up uh, it was hard to think of a game that could look worse than the loss against Arizona State, uh, but that's got to be you know one of the worst outings of Juwan Howard's tenure um, for a Michigan. Worse basketball than Central team. Michigan. I mean, I know, no, like, not, that, that... not in terms of like the quality of or how bad the loss was. But you have a chance to beat a rival on the road who's also not playing that well, only scored yeah. 59 points, and you still only lose by six, and you just can't figure out how to put the ball in the basket or get a stop You know when it mattered. Yeah. I'm fine you know, when a team loses to a top team in the country by a few points. Uh, you know, the, the Virginia loss, the Kentucky loss, you know, even the North Carolina loss when it's not even the best North Carolina team. Uh, the Pittsburgh win, the way they dominated, you know, Pittsburgh has become more and more of a quality win and hopefully stays that way. So it's like it's like this is a team that can do what they did to Maryland and just run away from you 
did the same thing against Pittsburgh, or it's a team that's going to play to your level. They've done that with Eastern. They've done that with um, Michigan State as most recently. Uh, they, Ohio. I think they, Ohio. I think they Central Michigan and lost. Um, I think they played pretty well against Penn State. I think I think the way they beat Maryland and the way they controlled the Penn State game gives you hope that you know even on the road against a team you already beat um, and uh, you know just an Iowa uh, opponent that you know not as good as as last year but still a tough place to play. Uh, Northwestern is beaten now Illinois and Michigan State. Uh, Illinois at home, Michigan State on the road. So that's the team that can score. Um, you've already handled Minnesota. Uh, and then you've got a big one uh, near the end of the month, uh, Purdue. Uh, of course, one of those uh, 1230 a.m. tips or whatever it is. So <laughs> Wait, let me look. Fa- favorable <laughs> tips coming up, I will say. Um, I noticed that like too. It looks like the Maryland game either hasn't been decided where it will play or it will be one of those BTN pluses. I'm seeing uh, – um, 7 p.m., but no no station on here. Yeah, no station. So we got a 7. We've got a noon. Maybe I'll hop over to the noon Northwestern game. I went to Michigan Northwestern last year, I think. Tickets you can go there for $9. $9. Hey, I'm, I'm down. Minnesota, um, $6. Uh, even better. Wow. But, yeah, I think if you end January, and I'm not even counting January has already happened, but if you if you need to, it's 2 and one uh, if you can, you know, end the month with more wins than losses, assuming that you're probably not going to beat Purdue, uh, I think you have a chance to position yourselves well in the Big Ten tournament. You know, you were atop the Big Ten standings as the only undefeated team until the loss to Michigan State. I think the Big Ten's already beating up on each other, uh, which is obviously very interesting. But you're three and one. Uh, say you can get up to that six win mark, which is only winning three more out of the. Uh, remaining seven, uh, you know, you can you can stay above 500, and I think this year maybe that's the goal. Uh, stay a few games above 500 uh, because this is a conference that will wear you out. Uh, Michigan just needs to stay healthy. They can't really afford to lose another guard, for example, uh, and you've got to find a way to win as many games as you can, especially those at home. Uh, and try to avoid the massive, massive scoring droughts or scoring trouble, which just yeah. seems to be a Juwan Howard thing. I It sucks, but I think you're right. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's one of the, you know, the themes of, of this team under Juwan Howard is they struggle offensively, even though you look at, like, you could just kind of pick out any random game and there's a decent chance that was a lights out performance, but then for every one of those, it seems like there's you know two where uh, it's a real struggle. Not that they necessarily lose all of those games, but it, you know it's a little disappointing to see at this point. With with Iowa coming up, you know I was going to mention no Patrick McCaffrey, um, but that doesn't seem to matter for the Hawkeyes. I mean they beat Indiana, they beat Rutgers, two uh, especially the Rutgers win. I mean those are two impressive wins back to back. A very, very talented offense. If Michigan has one of those uh, offensive slumps against Iowa, you know, this could be a 25 point uh, Iowa win. Uh, Iowa not known for great defense, but shoot, I mean, you give Michigan open shots and it doesn't mean they're hitting them. So a little nervous about that one. Uh, but thank God it's a 7 p.m. tip. And I don't know. I, I think when it's so hard to predict 
like what the heck are we going to see from Michigan? Um, it's really, in my opinion, just not even worth like worrying about in a, in a sense, like what happens happens. You'll kind of learn in the first four or five minutes, what kind of Michigan game you're about to watch. And, you know, kudos to them for coming back a little bit against Michigan state and making that a, a close game at the end when it looked like it, you know, could have turned into like a 15 point loss, but um, you know, you're going on the road to, to Iowa and I don't care if they're, you know, shorthanded. That's a team that scores a lot of points. They play good basketball and they're at home. You know, I, I totally understand if Michigan's going to go out there and lose by 15, 20, you know, God forbid 25 points. Cause it just all depends on like, what do you bring offensively? Are you bringing your a game? Are you bringing your B plus game or are you bringing your, you know, D D minus F game? Cause there doesn't seem to be like a, a C plus game that you can kind of depend on. It, it it either happens on one end of the spectrum or the other, and it's just so hard to tell what's going to happen. I got a question for you, but I guess beforehand, like for me, I'm still wondering: is this a team that could steal a game? I didn't have a ton of hope going into the second half of, at Michigan State, but you know, I thought that they were within striking distance, especially late to where, you know, Michigan State could fumble this one away with how bad they're playing. And I thought that Michigan, you know, could find a way to steal one. But it yes. just doesn't feel like they're a team no, that they are. is able to do so. And I think, you know, the narrow escapes in the MAC, uh, Ohio, um, you know, the, the loss to Central Michigan where you can't get out of that one are good examples of whether, you know, it's close in favor to Michigan or, or not. They're not seeming to. I think they can handle business against a inferior opponent, but a superior opponent. They're they're having trouble um, stealing one. So I, I don't feel like it's a team to do that. But outside of scoring more points, which is the obvious answer in any sports ever, you know, outside of golf, where you don't want to score points, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What do you, What do you think Michigan needs to get out of you know uh, a terrible slump like? when you score 81 and then 79 and back-to-back wins and then only put up 53 granted again, it's against a rival on the road. Like you're talking nearly 30 points that you're missing and you're, it's going to be hard to win any games when you're scoring 60 or under what, what needs to happen? Is it purely just putting the ball in the basketball more? Do you think they need to do something differently on defense? Like I'm trying to figure out what could change other than players just executing better. Okay, first, Michigan is a team that can steal a game for one reason, and that's because they have a terrific two-way player in Kobe Bufkin who plays fantastic individual defense and can go get a shot. He can create his own shot anywhere in the half court, and that's a tremendous asset. I think when you have that, you can absolutely steal a game. Doesn't mean it's you know going to become like their identity or anything like that, but I, I would not count them out just because they don't have that reputation. To answer your question, uh, what they need to do is is the thing that I think you have to do every game, which is play through Hunter Dickinson, not exclusively to him. I think the people who don't spend a lot of time watching Michigan basketball just assume, oh, well, you know, throw the ball into the post and let him go score 25, 26, 27 a game. And that's not really like where Michigan is good. Michigan is good when Hunter Dickinson is a playmaker, which does mean scoring, but it also means distributing, putting the defense in bad spots. 
Um, he's he's truly just kind of a, a do-it-all player. Aside from, you know, it seems like, and I, I haven't looked at the numbers on this, but it seems like his three-point shooting is down, especially in, in volume this season. But, you know, when you play through him, when you let him be a playmaker, uh, the, the, the great thing about that is everybody else gets freed up a little bit. And, and it, not to mention it takes a little bit of pressure off of uh, your new starting point guard who's trying to get acclimated to things still, I think. So that's what needs to happen when Michigan is in one of those slumps is not necessarily feed the big guy and let him go to work, that kind of thing, but just play through him. Let him be a playmaker. I think where I'll take it is this has always felt like an NBA style of basketball, which makes sense with Juwan Howard's Miami Heat experience, his his time in the NBA, you know, more time playing in the NBA, obviously, than in college. That's how it works when you're successful. It feels like an NBA type, you know, there's lots of ISO, a lot of uh, two-man game. You know, there's a lot of really flashy things when the ball's, you know, getting in the hoop. You know, when guys are kicking out, guys are draining triples, you know, Hunter Dickinson's, um, fly into the uh, to the lane with a you know a pass coming his way on a pick and roll. You know, there's a lot of flashy elements to this NBA style offense, but these players just simply aren't as talented. Uh, and so in the NBA, when you can have guys go ISO possession after possession, not really run a play, but they're all sinking shots because they're just all much better players. It looks really bad when Michigan's having that style of offense, uh, and and almost you know just looking like like jet howard's real knows it the most i feel like jet howard has a longer leash than a lot of freshmen uh but jet howard at times will just pull up from wherever whenever and he, he'll hit plenty of them you know he has some really impressive looking uh shots he has really impressive looking moments and then there's that was definitely not the best shot they could have gotten that possession moments. Right. Uh, and it's not just Jet Howard. You know, Kobe Bufkin's trying to do the same thing, especially with a new role as a scoring point guard. So I don't know that the answer is necessarily simplify things uh, or play more like a college basketball team. But when the shots aren't falling, they've got to do something different because this kind of one ball handler you know, kind of dribbling around, waiting for the right screen. Maybe he wants to take it. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, the pick and roll is not there. You know, you get it down to Hunter, and he's double teamed, and he kind of freezes on what to do with it next. Like, they seem to get out of sorts really, really easily when the shots aren't falling. And the reality is you're not going to make all of your shots. And so I think it looks good against Minnesota on the road. It looked good against Maryland and Penn State when you're scoring the basketball more often than you're not. But when you're not scoring the basketball, examples, Arizona State and Michigan State, uh, you're only putting up 62 in the one game and 53 in the other, or Central Michigan where you only put up 61 in a loss. Offense looks really, really bad. And it's not just a matter of, hey, they're not hitting shots. It looks like they can't get a quality look at some point. And so finding a way to establish a better offensive presence, create more quality looks, if it has to go through Hunter Dickinson, that's the way it should be. Uh, but I would love to see, you know, just better shot selection, uh, better opportunities, because when the going gets tough, it just feels like they're so committed, like Harbaugh used to be to that run game when it's not working. They're so committed to playing their own style of basketball and offense that they just don't have any flexibility if they're missing shots. I think that's a fair criticism. Um, as we look ahead here, 
we'll we'll talk before um, Michigan plays Purdue most likely next week, but um, or or not next week in two weeks. Excuse me. There's four games between now and then. And I want a prediction from you. How are we feeling about Michigan four games from now getting ready for a 11.59 p.m. weekday tip-off against Purdue? So I think Michigan loses to Iowa. I just think that's going to be a tough place to play later this week. I think they can beat Northwestern, and maybe that's more quality win, at least at this point of the season, than expected. At Maryland is going to be tough. You hammered Maryland, but I would imagine they have at least a better performance than that, maybe more of that 59-53 type ugly game. Uh, I feel good about Michigan's chances against Minnesota, though. So I think uh, Michigan can finish this kind of stretch three and two, I guess it would be, or sorry, two and two. Three. Um, and then Purdue. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Purdue, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel great. Or two. So I think, yeah, I think Michigan goes 500 at the least. That'd put them at five and three in the okay. conference price, somewhere right around the middle. But I do think these are all winnable games if the right Michigan team shows up. Right. I think, and I agree with you. And, and Thursday against Iowa would be a really nice win on the road that, you know, against a team like that, that would look really good on your resume. Last thing before we go, Derek, the Detroit Lions, I'm sure you saw. Oh, yeah. Knocked off the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football to keep the Packers out of the NFL playoff when the Lions themselves had been eliminated, you know, just minutes before kickoff. Is Jared Goff the future of that franchise? He's the future next year. Things move quickly in the NFL. I'd love to see him draft young talent and, and have a guy who maybe could just be too good to to sit forever um i'll say this though and it's crazy because like you said minutes before uh you know that they're not a playoff team but that was a playoff game uh if you remove technology like you know you would have not had in the old days and maybe not known that score you're going into that game knowing you need to win to get in they played that game like they were playing to get in uh and even though they were eliminated because they didn't control their own destiny uh, you know, they took care of business. And as a Lions fan or just a general fan of football, pretty cool story to start whatever one in six and, and finish with a with a winning record for, you know, maybe the second time in my lifetime. Obviously, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but <laughs> probably not as far off as, as you think. So Jared Goff, though, I don't know. Maybe he's the... Uh, He's with Caden McNamara of Lions football. You know, he can get the Is job that a compliment? Done, there, there might be another guy just with simply more athleticism as the NFL is quickly changing. No interceptions, though, and so, like, a ton of throws, uh, like, fifth longest streak in NFL history. So, you know, any quarterback that can take care of the ball is a good quarterback. I ask if that's a compliment, not because – I mean, I know you and I, Derek, have – great respect for Cade McNamara and and we think anybody who has turned sour on him just wait till um, Iowa football I mean they're probably gonna go undefeated it's ridiculous the way some fans have treated and talked about him I don't don't care what he said about you know Michigan's program or anything like that we have to remember these are uh, kids in some cases or you know young adults at best so uh, absolutely no ill will or anything like that toward McNamara. I was asking that in the sense of like kind of the general 
Michigan fan base has turned a little sour on McNamara if you meant that as a compliment. That's a long-winded way to back myself out of something that seemed a little embarrassing. That was a good good way of doing that. I'll, I'll say this. I think maybe people were turning sour on Jared Goff last season when the Lions had no success. And I yeah. think anytime you can you know, help lead a team uh, that maybe is out-talented uh, by some you know, rosters in the NFL still, uh, the way they're doing things, I think they're going to attract some top talent, be able to draft some top talent. And he's, uh, I think he's enjoying himself probably more than he thought when he initially got traded to the Detroit Lions, knowing that he was probably a lesser quarterback than Matthew Stafford with uh, the same depleted roster. Um, yeah. You know, my last thing is we're probably not going to talk much football on this. You know, we get the Jim Harbaugh news is I'm going to go ahead and lock Georgia in the playoff next year and go on record that I do not think they're going to go five and seven uh, bold, this year okay. in 2023. So I know okay. that's a bold take. A lot of the players, wow. you know, felt disrespected. I don't want them to be like, you know <laughs> what? The gold blue crew said five and seven. So. I don't know. I know. They'll go undefeated, but they'll either be the best team in the SEC or one of two teams representing the SEC. I'm going to go ahead and lock them in the college football playoff next year. I assume the other team would be Kentucky. Oh, uh, Vanderbilt, obviously. Van- oh, Vanderbilt. You when know, Jim Harbaugh we're leaves and J.J. McNamara transfers to Vanderbilt, I got Vanderbilt <laughs> all the way, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're sleeping on Vanderbilt. Um, we'll get back next week and hopefully you know, talk about two – Michigan wins on the hardcore, but uh, even if not, enjoy some playoff football. You know, it's wild card weekend, always fun, a, a really great weekend on the calendar. And and college basketball is uh, taking over the limelight here with, with college football over. So just enjoy this time of year, and we'll catch you next week. Until then, take care. Go Blue. Go Blue.